Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. So which book of the Bible is so mysterious and so controversial that many pastors won't teach on it? We're going to talk about that coming up next. Make sure to visit WhatYourPastorNeverToldYou.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible Study Today. If you're new here, consider subscribing down below. We have amazing new Bible study videos coming out two to three times a week, so you won't want to miss out on a single one of those, especially right now, because we're in the middle of our Prophecy What's Next series, and we are going through one of my favorite books of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation. And as I mentioned in the teaser, in the intro, that this book of the Bible, you may have never been taught it in church. Why is it so many pastors avoid talking on this uh, amazing and special book? Well, it's because there are different interpretations of certain parts of the scripture, and so they're worried it might be divisive in their church. Also, there is some symbology that happens there, and because it's a prophetic book, some of the things we'll understand ahead of time, but some of the things we may not understand until they are fulfilled. So because some parts of it they don't have complete understanding of, they may be nervous to teach on that subject, and I totally understand that. And that's why I'm coming to you today, not so much as I want to teach you the book of Revelation, but I want to read the book of Revelation with you and let the book of the Revelation and the Holy Spirit teach you because we don't want the opinions of man. We have ideas that have come from our culture and that culture might even be through the church, but those ideas may or may not line up with what the Bible has to say. And what I pointed out in the earlier videos is that the book of Revelation is not titled the book of confusion. This book is not given to us to confuse us. It is Jesus revealing to his servants, as he said in the beginning of the book, is revealing to his servants what must soon take place so that we can understand the things that are about to take place. And don't you want to understand it? You guys, not only do we as the church get to understand what is about to soon take place, but we can help understand the world what is about to soon take place so that hopefully many of them will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before the end times, which which I believe are rapidly approaching. So with that being said, also the book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing to the one who reads it aloud as well as to the one who hears it. So the Bible promises that we will be blessed just for hearing the word of God and just for digging into the word of God. And I pray that we'll be transformed as we do that. We have already covered the first two chapters in the book of Revelation. And if you missed any of those videos, why don't you go ahead and click to the link on that so that you can watch those because these, these readings definitely build on each other. Jesus is explaining something to us and it's important that we see from the beginning what's happening. So um, we are in the middle of Jesus's revelation to John about, about letters Jesus once sent to the churches in the province of Asia, which is in the area around of Turkey. And we are on the letter to the church 
of in Sardis. So we're reading the letter to the church in Sardis. We're starting in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. I'm reading from, from the NIV version. To the angel at the church of Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. We see again, Jesus is describing himself, saying he holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So we saw in chapter one that the seven stars were the angels or messengers of the seven churches. Now, some people believe that these are the literal angels in charge of guarding over those churches. Some people believe that those are that the word because it means messenger could just refer to the pastor over those churches. But regardless in this translation, it's translated angels. But that's who the representation is of the seven stars. They are the messengers of the seven churches. So Jesus is saying, I'm the one who holds the seven spirits of God, and I hold the seven messengers to these churches. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what time I will come to you. So we have seen other places in scripture that Jesus is t that when Jesus talks about returning, when he talks about coming like a thief, that it is for those who are unaware, they are unprepared, they don't know that Jesus is coming. And um, for those of us that are believers, he says it's going to be like the fig tree. In Matthew 24, he says, when you start to see these things about to take place, know that it is soon. The time is soon right at the door. You can keep watch. And there's another place in the scripture that says, when you start to see all these things happen, look up for your redemption draws nigh. And so for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we're going to start to see these things and spot these things. But he's telling this church in Sardis, you're walking a dangerous line here. And he says, if you don't wake up, I'm going to come like a thief and you will not know what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will all walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So here it says you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. And you will see throughout the book of Revelation that the clothes represent righteous deeds, righteous behavior. And so soiling your clothes is saying that you're walking in impurity. And he says, there are a few people that have not soiled their clothes in your group. Um, and they will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. The one who is victorious, in other words, the one who is overcoming, will like them be dressed in white. This to me shows that there will be some who are victorious and some who are not because he's making it conditional. The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And then before that, it says that, you know, in the, in the earlier part, it says, if you do not wake up, I will come to you like a thief. So again, we see this choice, but before us, you can either have Jesus come to you like a thief and you're going to be in big trouble when he comes, or you can walk holy and righteous before him and receive the reward for living and choosing to live victorious until he comes. And living victorious is a choice. To the angel at the church in Philadelphia write, 
These are the words of him who is holy and true and who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. Here again, Jesus is talking to them about what? Their deeds. In the book of Hebrews, we read all about faith, but here in Revelation, he's talking about deeds. He says, see, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, which we talked about in a previous chapter, Jesus is referring to those who are Refuse, those are Jews who are refusing to believe and they are bringing all kinds of persecution on um, the believers. And so he's calling them of the synagogue of Satan because they've refused to believe their own prophets and refused to believe about um, refuse to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so he says, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews but are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you, since you have kept my command to endure patiently. So we see here, and we will see again further in Revelation, that his saints are having to endure patiently. Is there any scripture that makes us think that we are somehow different saints in this time period than the saints of the early church? For those that believe that we are in the church age, are we not still living under the same system that they are, that they are having to endure patiently this persecution that they're facing, these hardships that they're facing? But so many Western believers want to read the passages of Scripture that talk not about God's wrath. They talk about tribulation, and then they say, well, God has not appointed us to wrath. Well, right, he hasn't appointed us to wrath, but he did not say that we are... Um, going to be somehow excluded from tribulation. In fact, he promised it. And we see here that these church members, these Christians, had to endure faithfully and patiently. And we'll see later in Revelation that Jesus is calling for all of us to endure patiently the trials and the persecutions and the tribulations that come. And I feel that um, unless your pastor is teaching you to be prepared for these things, he's doing you a disservice and setting you up for a great falling away. Because what happens if you think and believe that you no know, harm is going to come to you, no earthly harm is going to come to you, and then all of a sudden persecution and trials and tribulations come, there's beheadings, which we're going to read about later on in Revelation, what's going to happen? Are you going to say God's abandoned me, so I'm going to turn away from God? That's not preparing you. Jesus prepared his believers in Matthew 24, and, and Jesus, when he was preparing the believers, he's preparing the church. And he is also he also prepared them in, in Mark and in Luke, and now here in John's revelation, in the revelation given to John. So we need to heed the preparation that Jesus is wanting us to have and not think that somehow we're of some some better or different group that doesn't have to go through trials. And if you haven't if you haven't watched my video on our Christians called to suffer, make sure to watch that video. I will put a link up for that for you guys so that you can make sure to watch that and see what the scripture has to say. But I do think it's pretty amazing here that Jesus says that he's going to call those that were harassing this church so badly, he's going to call them to cause them to fall to fall down at their feet and acknowledge that God has loved them. That's just amazing to me. Jesus cares so much and he sees your persecution. If right now you are undergoing persecution for the name of Christ, know that he sees it. 
And there will be a reward for enduring that and being victorious over that, just as he offered rewards to the churches here in Revelation. So he says, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. And so he is going to keep this church from this hour of trial that's going to come on the inhabitants of the earth. Now, does that just mean that this church will pass away before the great tribulation happens? Obviously, the people that were living at that time have all passed away. They have all passed away. And so that hour of trial that is coming, it, it hasn't yet come on the earth. He says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. So this implies that if you don't hold on to what you have, someone could take your crown. So make sure you hold on to what you have. To the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, who is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, some of you who are listening to this may have disagreements with me as far as the timing of things and whether or not we are going to go through the Great Tribulation. And you might say that based on these passages, it hasn't been made clear yet. I want to encourage you to refer to my Matthew 24 video where you're going to discover what Jesus has to say about the chronology of the end times. Also, if you refer to Daniel, I believe it's chapter 9, you will see his chronology of the end times. And We are about to get into the chronology that Jesus reveals to us through the book of Revelation, which, of course, has perfect harmony with all these other passages of Scripture as well. So we're going to get more to the concrete evidence coming up, but these are just little little nuggets for us along the way. But what a beautiful picture of these promises where he says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have. Um, so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God. How wonderful, wonderful is that? Never again will they leave it. That's where I want to be. I want to be in the temple of my God, never to leave it. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be one of these that comes in and out of the temple of God. I want to be in his presence forever and ever. He says, I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. So God has plans for this Jerusalem, which we will find out about later on in the book of Revelation, but he also has a brand new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven. See, the things on earth are just a foreshadowing and a prototype of what is in heaven. And so that heavenly kingdom, that heavenly temple is going to be coming down He says, and I will also write on them my new name. So we don't know what that new name of Jesus is going to be, but how glorious to have that written on us, to write it on our foreheads. That is blessed. Mm. So whoever has ears, let him hear what the church, what the spirit says to the churches. Okay, so now we come to the letter that is probably the saddest or scariest one in the book. This one is the church that kind of gets the worst review, as you'd say, from the Lord Jesus on their condition. So let's go ahead and read what that has to say. To the angel or the messenger of the church of Laodicea write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. Who is that? Jesus, the ruler of God's creation. 
I know your deeds. See, again, it says deeds. And that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So in one of the previous letters, we read about how Jesus understood their poverty, and yet he said they were rich, even though they were feeling physical poverty on this earth. Here in this passage, Jesus is saying, you've acquired wealth, and you think you don't need anything. He says, but in reality, you're pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear. Again, we're talking about the clothing. Remember earlier we talked about the clothing being representative of the deeds so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see because he told, he told them they were blind. He says, if you come to me, I'm going to transform you. I'm going to give you the clothes that you need to wear. I'm going to give you the salve you need for your eyes. I'm going to give you real gold, real riches, not riches of this world, but riches in the heavenly realms. So riches of the kingdom, the things that are really valuable. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. And in the West, we have forgotten even to rebuke and discipline our children in many cases. But Jesus says, if you love them, you're going to discipline them. And he's saying, I love you. And so I'm rebuking you and I'm disciplining you. And so when your pastor, when your pastor preaches a message of repentance, if you happen to have a pastor that actually preaches repentance, that's fantastic because God is saying, I correct, I correct the ones I love. He's and saying, look, those whom I love, I discipline, I bring correction. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So this isn't talking just about salvation here because he's already speaking to a church. They've already received and believed that Jesus is their savior, but they have done things that have caused them to turn away from God, that have caused them to not be fully hot for him. They're kind of sitting on the fence. They're not cold in an obvious rebellion to God, but they are not in passion for God either. They're right in the middle. And Jesus is saying that is equally despicable. It's equally, ugh, I need to get it out of my mouth. Quickly, you need to repent. Get back to your passionate, hot love for me. And let your deeds reflect that. He says, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. <laughs> Can we even imagine the glory that God bestows on us sinners? Here we were yet enemies with God. We were enemies with God. We deserve death. And he died on the cross for us. He took our, he took the abuse that was that should have been us. He took the wrath of God that should have been for us. He took that so that we could be party with him. And, and now he says that not only do we get to be saved from hell forever, we get to have his name written on us. And we get to sit down with my father on his throne. So we get to sit with Jesus and with his father on his throne. Praise the Lord. 
What else can you do but say, praise the Lord, who is like our God? Who is like our God that would conceive of these amazing riches to give to us? The sons of men, the sons and daughters of men? Holy is his name. There is none like him. Serve him with passion, my friends. Serve him with passion. Serve him with passion. He is worthy of all praise. This concludes our Bible reading for today, and I want to thank you so much for joining me on our journey through the book of Revelation. There is so much more here, you guys. I cannot wait to dive into this with you, and God is going to show us so many things through this book and other things he's going to sow into our spirits so that when they come to pass, we will see and understand what is happening. So you will not want to miss out on that, and if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you smash that subscribe button down below so that you can stay up to speed on the reading of the book of Revelation with us. Until next time, I'm Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.